You know, it's so important to know how to grow your software company, but not many people tell you exactly what to do or how to do it. Fortunately, I had Sharik Sheikh on the, on the program. He's from CleverX, and they have been able to start and scale really quickly. In fact, in their second year, they grew 5.5 times. Okay, so huge, huge percentage growth because they were able to do specific things that have been proven by others to work time and time again. He's a second time founder, so he knows what worked and didn't work last time, and he applied all that. He shares what he did here. So if you're trying to grow your company, if you're wanting to make sure that you can scale, definitely check this episode out. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS. Super glad to have you here. Thank you very much for coming. I am Matt. I am your host. And we are here to help you scale your SaaS. So let's find new leads. Let's grow some, some clients. Let's make our clients better. Let's make ourselves better. And let's get our company to scale to that point where you can reach your dreams. Super excited to have you here. And as you know, this is a show that we put out weekly information about how you can do these things. And we have amazing guests. And I'm super excited about our guest today. But before we do that... I ask you guys for reviews, and I'm so grateful to have you guys listening to the show and soaking up this information. And uh, I thought, hey, why don't we just read a review? This review came in recently. I wanted to make sure that you guys heard it because it really made the team over here feel really good. Uh, it's from M Velasco 7 uh, It's five stars, a must-listen. Cannot thank Matt enough for putting out such an incredible podcast, engaging conversations, actionable tips, and insights into the SaaS industry abound. Super cool. Thank you very much for that review. And if you feel like you want a review, I'd really appreciate it. It helps our show, and it helps me and the team feel great. Go ahead and just drop a review. You can do that anywhere you listen to the show. Today is something I've been looking forward to. I am really excited. I have a fantastic guest you guys are all going to love. Sharik Sheikh is with me. He is the founder of CleverX. Sharik, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. How are things with you? Good, good. Things are good. Staying busy. Let me uh, let me make sure I tell everybody about you, Sharik. So, Sharik, sure. like I mentioned, he is the founder at CleverX, and CleverX powers market research teams by giving them access to the tools and most hard to reach business audiences in an all-in-one platform. So, world's world's leading research teams they use CleverX to get access to hard to reach business audiences. And it gives them amazing research tools all in one single place. It's really, really cool. Really glad to have him here to share his story. Once again, Shark, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell me what's been up with uh, what you're doing lately and what do you have coming up in the future? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's been a fantastic journey. It's uh, almost two years for us for the first time we launched the platform. And being a founder Congrats. is constantly... Um, trading on the product based on the user feedback that you get. Um, so I think we've, we've found a place where, you know, thousands of users are have registered on the platform. Um, our customers are really excited about what we've built because it changes the way they've been doing these things for the last 20 years uh, completely. Um, so a lot of new updates or new, you know, product features that are going to be launched in March. Um, and hopefully we keep building the stuff that users care about and they, you want to make their life as easy as possible. Yeah. I love that. And you mentioned 
you're changing things that they've been doing for quite a while. I've yeah. had software companies where we've done that, and it's been a little bit of a struggle to get them to change their ways. Of course, it's almost always when a software does it, it's a better way. It's a better process. But sometimes people kind of get ingrained into what they're used to. Yeah. Did you encounter that? And what did you do to overcome it, if so? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, you know give you a bit of a context, right? So before starting off CleverX, I spent enough amount of time, um, you know, between technology and market research. So I used to work for Gartner Research, which is one of the biggest and uh, leading technology research companies in the world. Um, and even working for such a large, massive organization in the space, uh, when it came to product research or market research, we used to struggle a lot. Um, the reason is we, the, the industry is structured in such a way that there's a lot of uh, fraudulent data, almost 40% of research outcomes of fraud in B2B research. And wow. that's, that's not me saying it. It's like industry norm. And mm. uh, it's accepted as a status quo, which is, which is really, you know, not, not the best, you know, number to look at when, when an industry is trying to grow. Um, and to change that specific thing, you know, I realized there are a couple of things that the industry needs to change from ground up so that 40% becomes 0% fraud in terms of research. Um, and we built CleverX based on that premise. So we want to help all the market researchers and product researchers to have a single place where they can bring their favorite tools to conduct online surveys, do, you know, product interviews, um, or even do like, you know, uh, projects with these amazing people that are out there. So you have the audience and the tools come in one place and you go from there in terms of solving those problems around or, or getting the research insights that you're looking for. Um, but uh, to to point out, I think what I've realized is uh, the way traditional research has been done hasn't changed for the last two decades because, yeah, it was easy. Uh, there are not a lot of tech people in that industry. So the innovation was never thought so profoundly to change things from ground up. And it's a difficult problem to solve, right? People don't want to solve difficult problems. So uh, someone has to take a lead and we're trying to do that right now with this space. But we're very excited because companies like, you know, Microsoft, um, Gartner, their research is being powered through CleverX these days, So which is which is really exciting to see, yeah. Very cool. That's the, Those are some big feathers in your cap for sure. How, how did you come up with the idea? I know that this was needed, yeah. How did you say? Oh, yes, this is this is what I should do. Yeah. Um, so when I when I worked for Gartner, you know, I personally struggled with this problem a lot. Um, and at, at Gartner, overall, as Gartner spends millions of dollars on research every year, uh, the only way, if you if you imagine like you being on LinkedIn, I'm sure you get like a lot of requests from people saying like, Hey, man, do you want to participate in this survey? I'm going to pay you hundred dollars for it. Uh, and, uh, people, even if they're interested or serious about participating in an online survey, it's very difficult for you to trust the other person on the other side of that message. Um, mm -hmm. either you have to take the step of participating in that survey and waiting for them to pay you those hundred dollars, or they have to pay you in advance to make sure that you trust them and you're going to participate in the survey. So there's a lot of issues around monetization mechanism and, um, having trust with each other on a platform like LinkedIn. So the market exists, right? Uh, that we realized, you know, a uh, long time ago. Uh, overall, if you look at the US as a market, close to $15 billion is spent on product research and 
market research in the U.S. alone. The overall industry um, globally for market research is close to $70 billion. Uh, and just doing these things like a service-based organization where people are reaching out to each other using channels like LinkedIn, I believe is not the best way to go about it. Um, mm. I think there has to be a platform that exists where all these audiences come together. They can interact and collaborate on research projects with each other in a trusted way. And that's what CleverX is doing. We're giving them this mechanism of trust to work with each other on research projects and, and go from there and help out each other. And at the same time, you make money for spending the time on that research project with, with a customer. I think that's really interesting. And just hearing that that number you said earlier, that 40% is fraud is crazy. And it's just, you're right, it just creates this lack of trust out there. I think that that's, uh, that's pretty scary. So are you are you educating your market? Are you kind of trying to share with them, hey, watch out for bad stuff, make sure you get good stuff? Is that how you're doing it? Yeah, we're definitely trying to educate the market. But um, I think the customer already knows that. So if you look at SOMR, which is a uh, uh, a standard or uh, organization considered to be one of the leading like uh, organization of community of researchers in the world. Mm. Uh, it's a number coming from them as well. Uh, so customers already know this problem exists. Uh, they also understand why it exists because there are a lot of panel providers who come into the the, the value chain of a research project. Uh, so what's a panel provider? A panel uh, research panel provider is someone who has uh, you know. They, they claim to have millions of people in their panels who are going to participate in research projects. Where it goes wrong or becomes unreliable is I pay $50,000 for a research project to conduct online surveys with uh, hundreds of CXOs, let's say, right? When I pay that money, I get the research outcomes, but as a customer, I'm completely unaware of the respondents who have taken up the research. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't know this, that mm -hmm. this is how research as an industry operates, but that's the status quo. And that's a pretty low bar in my view because you're spending so much money, you have the right to know uh, who your respondents are, but panel providers, unreliable panel providers, I should say, uh, take, a, take a stance that, you know, it affects privacy laws or GDPR for these respondents. But we haven't seen that. Like users are okay to directly interact with customers as respondents. Uh, since they're participating in these projects. And that's what CleverX is doing. We are making it 100% transparent to our customers. I guess uh, that's the reason we grew like 5x, 5.5x in the last one year alone, uh, because customers who care about that transparency of the respondent and the reliability of those insights uh, want to know who their respondents are. When I'm spending thousands of dollars, I should know about it, at least a good percentage of it. Um, so I think the, the problem lies in the old ways of doing things. Uh, it can only be solved through a platform-driven model, I believe. Uh, and, and that's where we're heading as a, as a startup. Yeah. Super cool. I love that you guys are tackling this head on. I think it's amazing. I want to go back to some of the early days. What were some of the things you did early that, that helped your company get going? Sometimes people have that challenge right away of, you know, where do we find our first customers? How do we, how do we get this thing rolling? What, what did you guys do that, that helped you become successful? Yeah, so this is my second startup. Um, before this, I had uh, expert network, so I understood this industry pretty well. So I've spent years in this industry. One thing I would highly recommend to any new founder is taking the time to understand the problem. Um, it's always very easy to, 
you know, if you have a hammer, uh, like Paul Graham says, uh, you know, from YC, you're going to always look for a nail. Don't do that. You know, go ahead. And it's it's such a, you know, cliche advice, but it, it is the most important advice for anyone starting off early on is talking to as many people as you want, as, as you should to figure out the problem first. Mm-hmm. And then you touch a single line of code to solve that problem. Uh, a lot of people just jump into like writing, you know, code and building a solution right off the gate. I think that's not a great way to, to start a company. Um, it should be a problem where people care about, care enough about, right, that problem to pay you the money that you expect them to pay. Um, and, and it makes their life better, right? It either saves them time or it uh, makes them look better in front of their colleagues or it either, you know, saves them money. So in, in either of those cases, that problem has to be big enough, hairy enough for the customer to really love your product and keep using it every month. Uh, I think you can only do that once you understand how deep the problem is uh, and then going ahead and tackling it, uh, you know, after understanding things very, really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. It's it's amazing to me how many people take an undertaking like starting a software company and wanting it to become big, but don't go out and do the work of learning the market and really talking, having those conversations and just getting to know where where are people feeling the most pain? What are they struggling with? And you know, what keeps them up at night? What are they so worried about? And then also what are they trying to accomplish? What are they what are they trying to get to? And really I've found those who go through that work and, and work to understand that actually are the ones who get success and get success the quickest. So it's definitely not a step that you want to skip. And it's great that you had that background that you already kind of had some insight into the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's the first step anyone should take. Uh, And if you personally, like if you, if you can't convince yourself that this problem is like really that bad enough for anyone to use it, you should pursue something else then. But, but it's it's a, it's a phase of experimenting things, around problems, not solutions. Um, that, I think that, that would be the right way to put it uh, for most of the new founders, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's super cool. So I lo- you said earlier, I mean, that's amazing. 5.5x growth last year. That's phenomenal. Congrats on that. Okay. What do you think led to that? What, what were you guys doing to achieve that level of growth? Yeah, I think we were um, we were really obsessed in in terms of like talking to our users. We've spoken to hundreds of people who use our platform on both the sides, people who participate in research as well as people who are trying to conduct research. Um, and talking to them led us to understand, okay, this problem is more important to a particular user and we need to fix that. Um, I think that has given us the opportunity to evolve the product as we go along, rather than emotionally getting really connected to like, oh, this is the only way to solve the problem. Uh, so we asked our customer, what do they care about? Um, mm. the one, one caveat here would be not to ask them for a solution because, uh, you know, um, it's the, the old saying is like, um, if you ask people what you needed, people would say we always wanted faster horses, right? Like you don't want yep. a car. So they're not looking for a solution that way. Uh, so just focusing on the problems, their daily, you know, routine or, or workflows at, at uh, work is the way to figure out uh, a solution for them. And then you put a solution out there um, and test it out as fast as possible. 
uh, I, I guess those are the things that worked out really well for us. Once a customer is happy, referral programs work really well for us. Uh, so it's it's your job as a founder to make sure that they are really excited and happy about your product, um, and they're getting the value that they you know spend the money for. Once you figure that out, I guess you know it becomes easier for customers to refer to their friends and peers in the industry, which is what probably was the biggest reason for us uh, to grow as a company because we, we haven't spent a single dollar on marketing in the last one year. And that that is a testament to that, you know, people people cared about what we were building. No dollars spent in marketing? That's pretty phenomenal. Like, uh, that's amazing. Thing. It's not a good thing. Um, but we wanted well, to make sure that, uh, uh, I mean, it's, uh, to, to look at it in a different way um, um, is, Finding product market fit was like the singular goal we had last year. Um, and uh, the only way to figure that out is by not buying a customer. Marketing is essentially in a way like at least the first transaction is being bought out by, you know, asking a lot of people to, to use your product. Uh, but I think our singular goal last year was to uh, make sure that we are not influencing any decisions and people genuinely are using the product every week or every month uh, because, at solving a, a specific pain point for them. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so you spent time with your customers to really understand uh, what was good, what was bad, to learn it, make sure the product got better, and then help them send it out and refer others. Is that how you did it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the right way to. Uh, I mean, that would be a great way to put it. Yeah. Love it. You did some really good stuff. Uh, but if you had to look back, what would be some things that you would do differently if you're like, oh man, I wish we didn't do that. Anything you would change? Yeah, I think uh, one thing which I always think about is, um, especially for a tech startup, the most important thing is not your product, not the code you've written, is actually the team that you hire. Uh, so basically a bunch of people doing an experiment on a particular problem, right? Uh, I think I should have been more, um, I should have believed in my gut more in terms of hiring people. Uh, we look at traits, uh, uh, you know, when we, when we want to hire someone. Uh, but there's this gut feeling like, you know, if this person is going to be the right fit for us. Every time I had like a, some percentage of doubt, even like on paper, these people like, were like amazing. Um, I think that was not the best hire I've realized. And every time, you know, if the, these people didn't look, you know, uh, perfect on the paper, but your gut says like, yeah, this is going to be like a great addition to the team. Uh, so I think it matters a lot. Um, the second mm -hmm. thing is like the culture fit. Every startup is different. Even if they're like two exactly similar startups solving the same problem, the cultures are very different within uh, within the teams. So That's finding true. those people who fit uh, or resonate with the values of the founder or the overall team um, is is one of the most important things that I think founders should care about. I think I should have done that differently, um, but you're always trying to learn new things and improve, right? So hopefully we don't make, I, mean, I don't make those mistakes in the future, yeah. That's something I found as well. Uh, once I started realizing I can hire for culture, it, it, it really kind of revolutionized our team and the team became much more cohesive, bonded, and really were much more effective it was right. it was incredible what happened and so um it, it it it's it's amazing that that is something because i would have thought oh like you know where they go to school how smart are they and what's yeah. their experience those are all nice but yeah. just 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 making sure it fits within your group and you're right it's very different from team to team yeah. but uh we've seen that that be very strong for us as well yeah and i think 
um, to just flesh that out a little bit more, it's such a difficult thing to do because there is no science behind it. There are no numbers behind it. It's very much like an art thing. Um, and I think uh, that's why it becomes difficult for a founder to figure that out. Uh, although this is my second startup, but you know, it's still, it was still something that I could have done better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I'm right there with you. So uh, just as we wrap up here, what advice would you have for other software founders who are getting started and, and want to achieve success like you have, Shark? Yeah, I think um, I would say three things which are really, really important. Uh, one being be obsessive about the problem that you're solving. Uh, it's a long journey. Uh, do not look at, you know, uh, short-term, you know, uh, wins that this is just going to be like a year or two years project. It's a long-term journey. Think of it like it's going to be a 10 years journey and you're going to, you have to be obsessive enough about that problem uh, to go through those 10 years, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, the second thing is finding the problem that you, you care about enough and the customer or the market also cares about enough. That should be the second thing. Um, the third thing would be, which which I, I believe a lot of people don't talk about is um, building that muscle memory around muscle uh, in in your mind around managing your emotions really well. Um, I think if you can do that, and it it can only be done with practice when you go through those motions of being a founder. Um, I think things would be much more easier for for new founders. So I think these three things would be really valuable for anyone to look at. I'm sure there are multiple other things, but. Personally, those three things have helped me a lot, um, you know, to, to grow the team, you know, talk to customers better, build a product, which, which makes sense for the market. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are three fantastic things. And if you can nail those, you're going to have a very successful company. And wow, this has been, it's gone, it's flown by for me because it's been such great information. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing shark. How can people learn more about you and clever X? Yeah. Um, I think the best thing for, uh, people would be to, to not uh, to take my word with a pinch of salt, but sign up on the platform. Uh, that would be the best thing and share your feedback with us. Um, I'm also on Twitter and on LinkedIn kind of active. So you can reach out or connect with me there. And if you have any questions around this space, I'm happy to answer it for anyone. Um, I hope this conversation was helpful to some people uh, even while they're thinking about their entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I agree. I hope it was as well. We'll put all those links into the show notes so that uh, if you're listening or watching, you can see all that. Shark, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it, Matt. And thank you so much for having me over here. Absolutely. And thank you for coming. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody out there. Really appreciate it. Like I mentioned before, if you want to review the show, we would be very grateful to, that, to you for doing that. Please go ahead and do that. And that will help us uh, understand that we're taking good care of you. Thank you very much for coming. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.